Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And we just finished up the 1988 film directed by John Cleese and some other guy called A Fish Called Wanda. George, is your fish also called Wanda? It is. Seems to be a popular fish name. How about you, Travis? Uh, I don't have a fish. What? Did you eat it? (laughs) No. I do have to say, my uh, my son saw the cover of the DVD uh, case and really thought there was a fish in this movie. <laughs> there were a lot of fish in this movie, bro. No, I mean, like, like uh, on the front of the cover, it's like they're in a lineup, and it has everybody standing in the lineup, usual suspect style. Mm-hmm. But there's a fish standing with them, and I had to mm. assure him that there was no fish in this movie that was going to be standing or talking or walking. That is some real false advertising, is what that is. Uh, kind of. I thought it was like a prequel to, uh, to like Finding Nemo or something. <laughs> no. Thanks to Vinegar Syndrome, this was the second weirdest movie I saw today with a uh, with fish in it. So, thank mm. you to Vinegar Syndrome for the recent release of Camille Keaton in Italy. Hmm. Some things you can't unsee, guys. It wasn't splash with new subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> or voiceover by. Uh... Danny DeVito. That would be amazing, though. That hey, George, uh, Jamie Lee yeah. Christmas continues. Sure does. And uh, <laughs> she's all over this movie, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, that is. And uh, George, yeah, JLC, how are you friend feeling? of the show. How are you feeling come out, coming out of The Fish Called Wanda? Uh, great, man. Uh, it's a great movie, man. I loved it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. I was laughing my butt off. There were a couple of parts that I had to rewind and watch again because of the delivery. It just I had oh, to see I, it immediately again. I can think of a couple of parts that you probably rewound. And no, again. no, 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 no. Funny parts. <laughs> yes, the, um, Kevin Klein is on yeah, all cylinders in this movie. Funny parts. Yes, the funny parts. Yeah. Even if people aren't a fan of Kevin Klein, this is a this is a good example of it. He's Otto. Yeah. But yeah. Was... Have I seen Kevin Klein before? I don't think so. Okay, because I didn't really recognize him. I thought he was thought he was good. He's uh he's he's done a few movies that we might watch, but he has been in a few of my favorite movies. Now, have I seen the guy who played Ken at all? I hope so. Michael Palin. He's in everything Monty Python ever did. No, I mean like I recognize the name, but we haven't watched anything. Not on this show, no. Travis is having a coughing fit. Send help. Oh, he inhaled spit. Oh, that's a lot of detail for the show. <laughs> Clap it out. I don't he's know. Still, he's still having trouble. He's laughing. He's over in the corner of the room like, you're making it worse. <laughs> How are you going to k- 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 kill her, k- 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 Ken? <laughs> oh, my God, this movie. <laughs> Is it wrong to say that this is one of my mostly quoted movies. Is it really? It really depends on what you're quoting, I guess. I don't. <sighs> Asshole! Like you, you, <laughs> I do. That, you could do that all the time for anything. Uh, the stuttering stuff, not so much. Although my sister and I, this is our one of our favorite movies, so I will do that scene with her, and she'll play along. But, Very good. You know the 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 car. 
Right. Which comes up a lot. But no, we don't do like the stuttering so much. Wake up, blimey fish. Like when I wake my kids up, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll open the door and turn, wake up, blimey fish. They don't know what it is. (laughs) Although Gabe now, Gabe now knows. Right. How did Gabe Uh, like the movie? Uh, we didn't start watching it till like eleven twenty. That's shorthand <laughs> so, for he didn't stay awake or like. No, it. he la- he was laughing. He was having fun, but he, I, I can't remember when I looked over and he finally nodded off. But he was enjoying it. He got pretty much through it. If we watched it at a normal time, he would have definitely gotten through. It. He said he liked it. Do you have any notes for us, George? Before we get rolling? No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like when I'm when I'm into a movie. Like this, I'm just like, I just want to enjoy this. I can't like stop and pause and take a note. Mm. I'm just I'm like, I'm just going. I'm into this. Now, wait a minute. You what? had notes for like most of the Jason movies. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that you did not enjoy the Jason movies? At the time, at the mm-hmm. time. Well, he thought he was being schooled on something. I so. appreciate them much more now. Okay. Mm. All right. You, yeah. you are redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, by the end of the each episode, I was on board. That's true. We did have to beat it into you a little bit, but actually, actually, I might, I might even. I think out of all of the, like the big three franchises, mm-hmm. I think Jason's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Even though, I agree. I totally agree. Well, well, the first, the first five movies. Are my favorite. Yeah, I mean, six is... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kane Hodder does not want to hear that. Eight, I like... Nine. I like them all. I'm a, I'm a homer. A stan. Yeah. I'm a Friday like, stan. Is that what they say? Like I said before, it's like having nine children. You love them all for different reasons. For different reasons, yeah. Except for nine and ten. Yeah, I like Jason. <laughs> Wait until you start watching some of the fan-made films of Jason. Yeah. Where people who get it make it, and it's a lot of fun. I bet. I don't have notes either. I just kind of sat and watched it. This is some excellent radio then, guys. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the Halloween movies. Uh, those are good. <laughs> I Mostly. knew he wasn't going to like this. I just knew it. Do you not like it, Dan? I... This is another 12 Monkeys. It was very 12 Monkeys. There were times that I laughed. There were times. Uh, I love John Cleese, but he just was not firing for me for most of this movie. And then he, at one point, monologued. And I was like, oh, it's Faulty Towers, John Cleese. I love this character. And then it was gone. Uh, guys, I didn't like this movie Why? much at all. Why didn't you like this movie, man? <laughs> pacing was weird the rhythm of the comedy is strange the cringe factor of some of the choices for the setting of comedy the stuttering especially like right off the bat i was just like "Ooh, all right here we are like hmm okay you know the the dog bit i was just like oh my god like okay the dog bit was hilarious i i oh my god it was it was, was kind of that that airplane humor. Yeah, it was it was I, weird. I, 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 I wasn't expecting to watch Silence of the Lambs. I mean, it's it's. It, I had no I expectations know. going into this movie. Uh, I knew that it existed because I've heard the title thrown around, and I heard from Richard that it was going to have John Cleese. But this was a first time blind watch for me. 
And I was like, okay, I love John Cleese in everything he's done that I've seen. And of course, I know uh, Michael Palin. I'm familiar with Kevin Klein, but I don't really, I don't, can't think of anything off the top of my head that I've seen him in that I was like, oh, this is my guy, right? But he, well, he usually he, but does, he does like, the work, right? Like he does some yeah. good stuff in this movie. But at one point, he does like a real manic, I think he's like changing clothes or something. And I, he channeled, I guess it's the opposite because of chronology, but do you guys know Tom Cardi on YouTube and TikTok? Friend of the show, Tom Cardi, mm. have you checked your butthole? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I got I know, a real yeah. Tom Cardi energy from one of the scenes with Klein. I was like, okay, this is pretty funny to think of yeah. the have you checked your butthole guy in this mm. movie. But well, in general, the, you know, the, I think it all comes down to direction for me, and I think the scale of the comedy didn't always fit the scene. You know, it was either too broad or too small for what they were trying to do. And then the score just killed me. Like yes. the entire time I'm thinking, I don't know that this score is written for this movie. I, I have yeah. a bad feeling. They just like pulled stock music and we're just like, Oh, here's a, a song we got for free. So let's play this over the scene. And it doesn't fit at all. And like, it could be comedic, but it, I, it just felt unintentional and clumsy to me. That was my one complaint is the uh, the score. That score was and you cool. you'd know it from the beginning cuz they sh- they kind of have certain music and then it shows the fish and it's like a soap opera ending, you know, hunky dory kind of music and then it goes to something else like it was just like you said it was all over the place throughout the movie as well. And the, like the intro feels like a sitcom yeah. and at first I was like are we, and, is it this silly? Like, are we going this silly? I was ready for bank it, heist. you know? And then <laughs> yeah. there's a bank heist, and I was like, oh, right. okay, I guess we're doing this. And then, like, last week I talked about the IT crowd and that character Moss, and, oh, he's kicked the ball. Okay, now the other guy's got the ball. In that same episode, they do a bank heist. Uh, spoiler alert for an old episode of the IT crowd. And I think they visually inspired parts of it from this movie. So that's kind of fun, but I like the IT crowd version better. If you haven't seen that, George, maybe we'll make you watch that tonight too. Mm. That one's sure. funny. That one I've is heard good things about IT crowd. Holy I might moly. like to watch the whole series, but so uh, Kevin Klein is pretty much known for not drama, but just like straightforward acting. He was in like Grand Canyon and uh he played Dave. He was like a president and Dave, which was I think Dave of, is the one I know him from, and that's kind of my expectation, yeah, from him. So I really was pleased by his effort in this movie, but he did yeah, a lot of good work in the movie, yeah. I mean, and the reason why we watched it, she's good in it, she's a little uh, much, but I think the character is written that way, like yeah. She's all over the place on purpose, like, she's playing everybody, she's playing. Everybody. Yeah, she's kind of like a, like a catch me if you can, yeah, type of character. I, not as sophisticated, but right. Yeah, like she's never she's she's just for her. Everything she's doing is to manipulate someone else. Right. And, and to me, because it was a comedy and because it's written by sketch comedy people, it's a little over the top. But because everybody's over the top, it kind of fits. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I always hate about spy movies is it seems like the trope is always new spy is the hero of the movie. New spy has a mentor. Mentor betrays spy in act 
three, right? And what that does when you make that a trope, it makes every relationship in a movie worthless because you just expect everybody to double cross everybody else and oh who's the good guy who's the bad guy oh we're switching sides oh we're switching sides and like they're going for dynamic like changing scenarios as the movie goes forward but what it ends up doing is just negating the importance of any actual relationship because everybody's going to turn on everybody and i got a serious case of that from this movie where it was like you know five minutes in you kind of figure out okay everybody's just going to betray each other cool right now, how do you sustain that for the next 90 minutes? Well, and I that's think kinda... they, they purposely showed you in the beginning that nobody's trustworthy. And then it continues to escalate. But then I think the John Cleese character kind of ends that process because he kind of, I mean, I guess you don't see the sequel. But does he, does she change her ways to be with him or is she just manipulating him? For, or is he manipulating her because now they have money like and he's never had money because his wife like they kind of I would argue that Ken is trustworthy here's the thing they tried to kill the old lady though they put an epilogue at the end yeah. of this movie and it's like they had 17 kids and founded a leper colony so actually the sequel to this movie is probably pretty filthy it's just a lot of <laughs> a lot of banging a lot of childbirth well they, and a leper all these colony. people got together again and made a movie called Fierce Creatures and I don't know I can't remember. I don't think it's a sequel, but it's no. It can't be canon because I want a leper colony and I want seventeen babies. Uh, But yeah, I didn't realize the working title for a fish called Wanda was Jamie Lee Curtis makes out with progressively uglier dudes. The movie. Oh, man, it was weird, man. That's a lot of, and I mean, I get it, right? The the thing is, you know, if you have a superhero. Okay, and her superpower is a really strong punch, right? She's a she's the female Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? She's, she's like got that she's one like kick move, puncher, and that's the only move she has. And then you sustain a ninety minute, hundred minute movie with her progressively doing the same punch to another guy, and then another guy. It's like, yeah, it was a little one note for me. Mm, sounds great for me. Do you speak yeah, Italian? I do. There you go. See, you're in. You're in like Flynn. Just get her a, a gym class rope that for some reason but is... I think I think your your uh your anger towards it is taking away from the actual joke. Like he, he wasn't speaking Italian, he was saying Italian words. <laughs> well no, the one guy was, but John Cleese <laughs> right. actually could speak Italian well, yeah, and she could not was, control but herself. But then he switched it on her and I think that was done on purpose. Like Otto is so stupid that he didn't learn Italian. Hey, he's hey, just saying, hey, hey, hey. He's just, don't, call, don't call him stupid. Don't call him stupid. Uh, you know, he's going, mm, mozzarella. Like, he's just <laughs> oh, like, yeah. he no. doesn't. It yeah. was very much the equivalent of Joey on Friends being like, you know. Yes. You're the coop plow. But then the, the John Cleese ups it by speaking Italian fluently, and she's like, and then he starts speaking Russian, which they threw. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a weak curveball. But it's still a curveball because then she's uber excited. Yeah, because, yeah you know, she can't no, control Nobody herself. finds Russian sexy ever. That I language mean, is not sexy. Uh, I don't know about that. Hello, Hello, nurse. Hello, nurse. I don't know. I think I think it's very... What is the hello nurse from, guys? <laughs> uh, Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. And then you said it differently than I did. And I was like, <laughs> is that from a movie that Animaniacs copped it from? No. I wasn't sure. 
Um, uh, I hate when Dan doesn't like Yeah, so how about... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. man. No expectations this time, except that I like John Cleese. That was all I had going in, and man, this is mm, not for Dan. This is not a Dan yeah. movie. I, I can't believe I've it. I've seen this movie like 40 times. I can't believe it. It's Maybe no, by watch cousin. number 40, once I've built up a yeah. thing where I'm like, oh, here comes my favorite line from this scene. Oh, he said the line. Now I'm going to ignore the next five minutes. See, that might be I, something I can do later. It's kind of nostalgic for me. I'm sure if I watched it for the first time. It's not nostalgic for me. No, I'm saying my love for that, this movie is because I grew up with it. I didn't. Yeah. I love it too. I think Dan's but broken. Dan, Dan in post is not allowed to talk during this episode because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get like a week's worth of stuff and then just start injecting. <sighs> I don't know. But we're here to teach George about how movies work. And sometimes we have to give him counterexamples. <laughs> Zing. I think this movie works. I mean, I do agree that some of the things you said, the score, yes. Pacing, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the transitions were odd, but I don't think the pacing was bad. There was just some like even clumsy audio editing and stuff where dialogue would drop out, and I was like, "What? Did they just? Are they? Was that an edit? Like, are they trying right. to cut some? Did they just not have a good? T- like, I didn't. Ugh. There's some really questionable ADR. Uh, she says some line in the airport with her back turned, where I was just like, "Whoa, that didn't sound the same as any of the dialogue." Okay, cool guys. Like, I. I I haven't seen, does John Cleese direct a lot of movies? Because I know him from TV and from Monty Python. I don't think so. But maybe it's just because he's new at this I don't this know if he, time, I know he or... wrote it, but I didn't know he directed it. Yeah, I know he definitely wrote, it said story by John Cleese and written by John Cleese, but I thought the director was a different Oh, name. it lists him as an uncredited director. Excuse me. It's Charles okay. Crichton who gets credited. Crichton. Yeah. And I looked at his credits and I didn't know any of his stuff and I don't know. He did a lot of movies. You'd think he'd be better at this by the time he gets to the 80s, but. I have a feeling he just kind of put the camera and let them play. I don't think there was much direction going on. I mean, you're not going to rein in Klein in this character. I guarantee you he did about two months worth of character study, did the whole Nietzsche thing, like he, or Nietzsche. Like, I think he did a bunch of things that he brought to the table and just played. And Dumb people reciting uh, cherry-picked philosophy is a pretty funny thing generally for some reason it didn't really hit mm. for me today but like on the whole that is a pretty funny thing that i laugh at on a right. regular basis apes don't read philosophy <laughs> apes do read philosophy they just don't understand it that's a good line that's a good line there were good it's lines good, i'm not saying the whole movie is bad <laughs> i love when he gets well i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> And then he starts, why are you robbing your own house? He starts kicking him in the head, and he's like, sorry. 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 Yeah, I mean, he's just so impulsive, and can't control his anger at all. He anything right, man. No, he's a a bull in the china shop. Dude, Ken was my favorite. When I I realized after the first dog that (laughs) he was going to kill all three of these dogs by accident, I felt so bad for him the whole movie because I knew it was coming and it was hilarious and, to and me. They, Every the... single one was hilarious to me. Like they actually show you at one point the a flattened squatting. dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
so airplane. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so good, that's man. Approach pterodactyl. I mean, that's that's a yes. lot of it is, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't think I, I just didn't care as much. I, I enjoyed felt the performances. So, felt so bad for that dude. And Cleese was he's not John Cleese in this movie. I think they. But he wrote it, so I can't really blame him. I mean, he wrote his character, and he said, right. okay, I'm not going to be John Cleese. I'm going to be, I'll be the straight man and let Otto kind of do the John Cleese shit. Yeah. Which is fine. He probably wrote Otto for himself, but he's not American. I like, I, I like how um, the consistency at the end of the movie when Otto is interrogating Ken mm-hmm. and he sticks oh. chips up his nose. And one of them has ketchup on it. Right. Ken goes the rest of the movie with ketchup on his nose. (laughs) Even when he's driving the dude, you didn't think the steamroller scene was funny. (laughs) Okay, let me give you a quick play by play of how this went down. Uh, My it wasn't New New York Ninja good, but it was it was up there. Well, oh my god! You know, here's the difference, man. New York Ninja is a miracle that it even exists and also like it's a cheesy kung fu movie with 30 years newer than video dubbing involving a plutonium man for some reason that no one can explain like that movie is terrible but it's so silly because it exists this movie had so much potential to be like an all-time great and then i see that part where you know at the airport you see in the background the steamrollers coming and you know at the beginning, somehow John Cleese is going to distract. And he goes he's to going to distract Kevin Klein long enough. Vietnam. It's so fucking funny, bro. It wasn't funny in 1988. We whooped your hide real good. Yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing. My wife comes Jesus. in. She goes, hey, how's the movie? And I go, ugh. And she goes, oh, not getting any better? And I'm like, just look. And she goes, is that steamroller going to run him over? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, is this the Austin Powers thing? I'm like, no, that was funnier. <laughs> that's where they got it from it's i mean it's uh, the same same setup right steamroller's yeah. gonna hit a guy uh george you've not seen austin powers yet though right so nah. we're not gonna talk about it but there's a difference in the setup someday we'll get to that movie or yes it might be the second austin powers i don't remember but anyway the steamroller gag a little different uh, the second one is the k-turn with the with the luggage truck i've seen in that. a hallway <laughs> i've seen that <laughs> <Yeah. fucking> hilarious <laughs> i have to say <sighs> yeah, how about how about Klein like going through all like stages of grief before he's run over, <laughs> like trying to, right, trying to talk to Ken, talk, talking Ken out of it. You won't do it. No, I'm just kidding. You will. You're so. You, yeah, it's just like the whole time he tries shooting him, runs out of bullets. See, he Dan, does everything. Dan took all the fun out of it because to me, one of my favorite <laughs> lines in this fucking movie is when he's like. It's coming to kill me. How are you going to catch me? Like, that's like my favorite. And now, now I'm now limey concrete. Now, now I'm, I'm wrong for doing that. It's going to get edited. You're not wrong. It's fine. I mean, it, it, leaving it in as a counter example. How'd your wife like the movie, George? Uh, She thought it was funny. Damn it. She thought it was funny, and she she watched a little bit of it with me, and then she went in the other room, and she was doing her nails, and she could only hear the audio, and I hear her laughing mm-hmm. from the other room, just listening to it. <laughs> so, don't touch his dick. <laughs> <laughs> better not touch his dick. I'm not jealous, but oh, if you touch his God. dick, I'll kill him. <laughs>
Oh, Dan, I think you're just being a contrarian. I think you like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was was about to spit my tea all over the computer. (laughs) I think if I watch it in a year, and then I watch it again two years after that, I think by the third watch, I'll be like, oh, okay, this movie does have some really good stuff in it. I think my expectations, even though they were officially at, like, zero... I think I just expected more you, you slapstick. You expected more Monty Python. Yeah. I wanted, yeah. you know, I wanted more Monty. And to be fair, guys, it took me a long time to buy into Holy Grail. For years, mm. I thought it was too silly. And then I kind of came down to its level. And then this movie didn't deliver the same right. kind of silliness. Like, my introduction to them was Life of Brian. And it was genius. And mine mine the was the machine that goes bing. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, the machine that goes bing. <laughs> well, actually, uh, that you... sound means your baby is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> there's so, I mean, there's a reason that these guys are, I mean, you could tell in Richard's voice that like this movie, I mean, you don't remember George, but when Richard was talking about this movie the other day <laughs> on our show that you were on and present for and listening to I wish time, we had Richard for this episode. Yeah. You could tell that they have this episode. (laughs) They have really, you know, strong feelings for the Monty Python folks. Like they, they have an esteem in England that they don't have even here. Yeah, yeah. It's like same with uh, like Benny Hill and all. I mean, it's just, just a different kind of humor, and that's why Austin Powers was so good because Mike Myers took his love of that kind of humor. Yeah, but he watched it through the lens of a Canadian through his BBC. Mm. So it's like it he just added more to it. So that's why his British humor is actually funnier at, at times. He than John actual, Carpenter did. Yeah. Yeah. He just he added that little bit of extra efficiency or whatever. That American slash Canadian little quality that that you know, North American quality. The North yeah. American quality I, I like that better. Yeah, the North American quality <laughs> that John Carpenter did to the Italian stuff, Mike Myers did to this stuff. I think Klein won an Oscar for this. Yeah, I think so. I want to. I want to th- say he did. Trav, I love but how you come at situations completely unprepared with no facts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, I feel like he I, did. I, I, for some I reason, I feel it in my gut. It reminds me I'm of the. Um, it, it reminds me of the. Uh, not SNL. It was uh, the Colbert Report, yeah. where Stephen Colbert says he's talking about how he follows his gut. You know, right. <laughs> and most people follow their brain, but he follows his gut. He says, he says, you know, you know, there are more nerve endings in your gut than there are in your brain. Now I know you're going to tell me that's not true, but I didn't look for it in any book. I just felt it in my gut. <laughs> Kevin Klein did win the Oscar for Best Supporting Role. Though. Best Supporting hey! Actor. So, see, Booyah. you can make fun of me. No, I just. But no. the fact that I pulled that shit out of my A. I mean, that's okay. where it comes from, if we're being fair. 1988. No, it came from his gut. 1988. It felt right? like he. Yeah, 88. 88. I was. Um, what month does the, Oscar, does the Oscars usually happen? Month? Yeah. So March, like, April. March of 89, then, April of 89. I was, so I, was 14. I was days from being born. Nice. Yeah. And he won the Oscar. 
But here's the what, thing about the Oscars, guys. I'm not saying I don't believe you, Travis. I just no, I know. When you say I believe he, I believe he won an Oscar. It's like <laughs> did he or didn't he? But see, it comes no, from a I different place. Did. Pretty like, sure. It's not a gut feeling. It's a <laughs> I. I'm almost positive that I saw him win an Oscar for this, but I'm I'm not. I'm too lazy to fucking look it up, so I'm just gonna say it. And if it's wrong, <laughs> Dan and Post will fix it later. <laughs> so I guess Charles Crichton was actually nominated for an Oscar for Best Director, which makes me call into question the entire Academy. <laughs> I just yeah. almost spit take my uh, milk. Nice, interesting. Yeah. So the terrible director was nominated. I can yeah. get. I can get with that. Like. You know, if he's, mm, you, you say he's a terrible director. I'm saying he did a poor job with this movie. He might be a great director. Okay, fine. Yeah, this this particular movie. Okay. I, I feel like if I had these actors and the script and these writers, I would just do the same thing, mm-hmm. which is like, just let them do it. Yeah. Yeah, um, but even down to like the cinematography, which I realize is delegated. I, but like, yeah, this movie was shot like a Mr. Bean episode. Just real like stuffy yeah. British cinematography. They do have 1966 Batman camera tilt. Oh my gosh! Bank, yeah, they went. Heist. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> yeah, Oscar nominated Batman 1966. Kapow! Oh, right? Shit. Like, Kapow. I love that movie, but like, come on. I was waiting for uh, Otto to climb a building on a rope and have the camera just tilt on its side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, did you not find any humor in when Otto's character was holding? John Cleese out the window and John Cleese was apologizing in oh like the God. most in the most polite British fashion yeah. he could. And then I, later on he no, loses all the politeness when he's like, We whipped your hide <laughs> real good. Yeah. Like, totally I, mocking that Texas yeah. Oh, yeah. accent. Yeah. yeah. Like Otto's from like Chicago. Dan, well, he Dan, what did t- you what did you think of that silliness? You know, if I were to compare it to music uh, just as a way to figure out my feelings, right? It's like if you showed me a drummer who did some really cool fills for the mm-hmm. wrong style of music, you know? It's like, <sighs> no. like, yeah, okay. But it's like the scene is really broad, but the joke is, I, I don't know, guys. It didn't work this time. Maybe in the future it'll I work. I thought but- it was very funny. It was so absurd. It was absurd to the point where I laughed. There are movies we're watching that are to teach you something. There are movies we're watching that Dan wants to expose the fact that he's known something for 20 years and finally wants wants to to share it with the public. And then there's movies that we watch that are just funny. This is silly, man. It's In in the best way. This is the kind of movie that when I worked at the movie theater, when it was over, 2 o'clock in the morning, we're in the parking lot till 6 talking about it. And we're yeah. requoting it, saying we could have done this better. This was great, but like we're doing exactly what we do on the show in the parking lot, yeah, for a movie like this. Definitely. So, Yo, just to the... catch you guys up real quick, the uh, 1989 Oscar nominees for Best Director: <laughs> Barry Levinson wins for Rain Man, one of the yes. greatest movies ever. Okay, yes. uh, Martin Scorsese yeah. is nominated for The Last Temptation of Christ, which they weren't going to give to him. Alan of... Parker is nominated for Mississippi Burning. Great Mike Nichols is nominated for Working Girl. And then Charles Croydon gets nominated for A Fish Called a Wild. Huh. I don't... Wow. I don't... Maybe they just had to have five. Who actually won? 
Uh, Barry Levinson Rain Man. for Rain Man. Rain Man. Yeah. yeah, it swept most of these categories except Best Supporting Actor. Supporting Actor Kevin Klein. Yeah, he beat out Tom Cruise, right? Or uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman won uh, Best Actor. Oh, so he beat out uh, Alec Guinness from Little Dorrit, whatever the hell that is. Uh, Martin Landau from Tucker, Landau. The Man in His Dream, River Phoenix, and Dean Stockwell. Okay, so I guess uh, Cruz and Dustin Hoffman were both actor, not su- neither was supporting. Yeah, Tom Hanks, Gene Hackman, Max von Sydow, one of my all-time favorites, and mm. Dustin Hoffman, all nominated for Best Actor that year. Nice. We have not watched enough. Gene Hackman shit. I'm sorry. Can we watch The Conversation? Is that not well known enough? I don't know. I, mean, I love that movie, but it's pretty There's obscure. so many good Gene Hackman movies. Like, there's mm. like 15 of them. I'm trying to place who Gene Hackman is. He's so awesome that there's a movie called PCU, which we should probably watch at some point, maybe with Animal House. Uh, a guy's thesis in college, he's watching TV for four years, and his thesis is at any time during the day, there is either a Michael Caine or a Gene Hackman movie on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, I'll spoil the ending. The very end, there's a movie on that has Gene Hackman and Michael Caine in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he stands up after four years, he can't walk, stands up after four years and says, this is my thesis! And then he collapses because he can't walk because <laughs> his legs are asleep. So good. Nice. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're both those guys probably made about 300 movies together. or in, Between in, the two of them. Some total, them. not always together in the same. Right. Well, I was saying to Gabe the other day, I was like, we were flick, flicking through channels. There was like a Ben Affleck movie from the 90s and a Ben Affleck from the 2000s. And then... Batman uh, versus Superman was on. I'm like, that's how you know you're a star when you're flicking through the channels and you can watch yourself in multiple decades at the same fucking time. <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> George, did you see Batman versus Superman? No. Hmm. 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 That's hmm. a good. That's good radio because there's a lot. There's a lot of meat there. It's good and bad to talk about. There's a little Joker in this movie when uh... the bank heist. Well, after, I shoot the bus driver. Exactly, exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. Um, after when uh, when JLC is behind Klein when he opens oh, yeah. the safe, oh, and, yeah. she and gets she's got the... her baton ready yep. to knock him out so she can like split. Like disappointed. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> another one I do a lot. <laughs> I think I've heard she, you do that one on the show. He's shooting the safe, and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, thinking. Thinking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not all bad. That part's good. But yeah, I did. I also had Dark Knight feelings. But the nice thing about the Dark Knight is that's the first five minutes. Right. right. And they stretched out to 90. You know what I also thought was this probably happens in every heist movie that I've never seen. It's a bit of a trope. The heist heist people turn on each other, and you know, and so... and that I think that's why Nolan does it. I mean, we're, make off with more, yeah. Right. I mean, he he's he's borrowing from Heat. He I don't know basically homages Heat, so it's like, yeah. There's like plenty the te- of like the temperature. No, the like, movie Heat. Oh, okay, the movie. Oh, there's a movie called Heat. <laughs> it's still. We've been doing this how long? Like a year and a half, and it's still, <laughs> still amazing to me. 
I'm the things kidding. you I don't know. I knew he was know. referring to a movie, but I never heard of it. Oh, my. <laughs> Heat. God. Oh, we're going to have to do a whole season sounds of Michael like Mann. A, sounds like a documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the Kelvin scale. Oh, I thought it was about Scovels. Underrated <laughs> Kelvin. Hey, <laughs> they. Fahrenheit uh, is the best scale. I agree. Period. It makes the most sense. There you go. Hot take. The first, the first scene where you see JLC and Kevin Klein, they walk into the flat, mm-hmm. right? And they're supposed to be brother and sister. But they're arm in arm or they're all over each other. Well, all over each other, but <laughs> when, when Klein just like grabs her tit real fast. Yeah. <laughs> dude. <laughs> And it's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what the, what the fuck? <laughs> uh you you want to treat <laughs> watch this go back and watch the scene where they're planning the the heist. Mm. And um <laughs> what's the middle thing? <laughs> yeah. That scene where watch <laughs> Klein watch Palin. Okay. I can like He's looking at him like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is, are you seriously?" Stu-? Like he's looking at him like, "You gotta be shitting me." He's doing some really good stuff in this movie. I'm sorry, he deserved the Oscar. Doesn't always have to be a drama. Somebody, somebody's a stripper I, hooker. I agree, you man. Know, drug I addict. Think my favorite movie, uh, my favorite moment in this entire movie, was John Cleese coming into the room with champagne. Yes. Screaming <laughs> at his wife and then screaming yeah. when she's not behind the door. Like and then at the for whatever at, reason at those two screams, yeah. I was just like, okay, that's John Cleese. That's, that's what, what I wanted. Cleased. Give me more yeah. of that. Give me the same more. Same thing John when he was Cleese. naked and the people show up in the flat. <laughs> like there is plenty of John Cleese in this movie. There's it's a whole lot in one scene. Yeah, he's just more subtle. I, I didn't <laughs> mind it. It doesn't bother me. His wife Annoying as shit, his daughter. I wanted to punch her through the wall, mm. but they're on purpose. Like you're oh, supposed they're, to. Yeah, yeah they're oh, no, yeah. they're so pitch perfect for what they're going for. Oh my god, they're killing it because he, he, she made me want to not be married to her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know though. Oh. You know, there's that part where he's all horned up and has the champagne, and she's like, "Oh yeah. hey," you know. And oh, so yeah, a lot yeah. of she it's was probably it. him, right? Like he just not into it anymore, and that's his fault. He should get into it. Well, I mean, but it's you the know chicken what? or the egg kind of thing. Yeah, I used to, I used to break Jen Stones all the time about that. I'm like, you know, that, that, that don't talk like that. You shouldn't talk like that. It's it's it ends anything. Like it's just mm. she's in this movie. If she acted like she does when he gives her that necklace all the time, I guarantee you he would never. But she's just so bitchy. But they do it on purpose. But yeah, well, yeah, they have to. He's like, ah, oh, I won the case today. She's like, I have not had a moment to myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, ugh. And he takes two seconds to try and talk to his daughter when he gets inside. And, and she has nothing she says, to do with him either. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, oh, F it. I'll make my own tea, basically. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I, I thought that as soon as she did that, when she was kind of, when she let that guard down, when he gave her that the necklace she thought was for her. I'm like, oh, you see have if a she glimpse, would act like that? You have a glimpse of what their relationship could used be. Used to be like. Right, used yes, to be or what it could be. Yeah. Porsche came along. <laughs> God. 
I thought she was named after a car too. Hey George. Yeah. How how long has it been since you were a good lover? <laughs> I don't know. Was it back to the, like the 14th century or uh that was the most British thing I've ever heard. And it just it opened my eyes to the British perspective. Maybe you know, it's farce obviously, but like you know, in an American joke, you would be like, "Oh, hey, back to 1776," right? Like we don't go back very far, and so our our silly no. jokes about our sexual performance wouldn't go back very far either. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you were really wanting to get you know deep, you could be like, "Oh, 1763." <laughs> American yeah. history nerds think that's funny, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the 14th century, like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, it's yeah, true. You, you've got me there, British people. It's true. I love. Uh... I love Otto's argument because I've heard it from every idiot on the internet. If it wasn't for the United States, all of Europe would be speaking German. Mm. I just, I just love that it's in here, and that's it's completely that's in his, here. That's his character, and that's that. He's so American; it's painful. I love it. <laughs> the Gettysburg Address joke sucked, though. I was like, ugh, yeah, ugh, ugh, yeah, ugh. Well, it was. <laughs> Ugh. I don't know. It reminded me of the '90s craze of the "your mom is so fat" jokes. Yeah, it did. Like it was, it was, it was along that line. Like I think back then. Yeah, Otto's so dumb. He thought yeah, blah 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 so blah dumb. blah. Yeah, your mom is so fat. She jumped outside. Jumped, yeah, and not jumped every, up in the air and got stuck. Yeah, like, not every <laughs> your mama joke is gold. Gold, right? You know. But the good ones are great. The good ones are good. So that's what that was there, Dan. I guess. Every, I just, you know, if they'd done winner. it the other way and been like, oh, you know, uh, what's any of their names? <laughs> uh, what, what's Cleese's name in this movie? Archie. 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 Archie's so dumb, he thinks the Magna Carta sticks to your refrigerator. <laughs> like, it still sucks. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter that it's the Gettysburg Address. Like, <sighs> guys. No, I agree. I think it wasn't that great, but yeah. they I can't it all be. They can't for all the be character. Aces. Yeah, it works for Otto because he is such an asshole, and it also works for Wanda because she's not. You know, she used him, right? But Wanda's not the most intelligent. She's not the most learned. She's, you know, I we don't know that. I she seemed, what I gather she seemed was to that, latch on the legal terms and and things she needed to do to get what she needed. Like she's she's kind of resourceful. Might be know. a case of the ape reading philosophy, though, bro. You think? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there because it's in the same movie. I don't. I, I don't think we. I don't know. I think she I displays uh, like chameleon type personality where she knows enough to be able to adapt to any room. I felt like she could get exposed at any moment. You think? She did when a couple of was, times. When she was... <laughs> God. Hey, now. That scene with her and, and Klein where he's like trying to push her into it and she's saying no, Yeah, that made me uncomfortable. Like In this movie, I did not need that scene. I don't know why. I was just like, Ugh, cringe. It made, it made me uncomfortable too. But because it was reasons. because it was JLC, <laughs> you knew she'd get him. 
Does I it knew. bother you that JLC has your mother's haircut? It does. <laughs> it does. Oh. But it bothers me. This series just got dark in a new, unexpected way. Oh, hey. Shit. Actually, every Warner girl had that haircut at some point. Oh, no. Jamie Lee Christmas Everyone? is canceled. Yeah, because you remember... I used to say how your mom was cloning people in in her in her <laughs> chair because everybody that got out of her chair was had the same haircut. My mom's a hairdresser. <laughs> Backstory: My mom's a hairdresser. So uh, that's funny. <laughs> Maybe we should yeah. bleep all that. Does she listen? She's no, not. fuck no. The uh, <laughs> I don't even listen. It's funny. Warners don't listen to podcasts. Uh, Ain't nobody got time for that. That scene where he's speaking Russian to her from the floor below. At the mm-hmm. snuck in, borrowed flat, or whatever. She has an uncomfortable amount of drool in that scene. Like, mm-hmm. I felt icked out by like how. She wiped her face when she comes up. Yeah, it was. If you notice, she guys, it was. Collects, collects it. It was too much. It was just too much. Oh, I don't know about all that. My wife was. George in is the like, room. I really wish I was that rope. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was in the room for. Um, the first uh, sex scene, the one oh. with uh, with Otto, right? And, oh, when he s- and uh, smells juxt- her boot, and, and yes, <laughs> <laughs> juxtaposed with uh, uh, with uh, John Cleese and his wife clipping his nails. Yeah, yeah, like just the the um, shaving his callus. Ugh. Yeah, I basically the, call that uh, five months of marriage, twenty five years of marriage, dude. <laughs> dude, I I'm watching it. And I am just, because I know, like, I know where this is going. Right. And I, and I'm just When he was thrusting and he's basically, like, lifting his entire body off the bed. (laughs) I'm watching that with Gabe. And Jen, obviously, she wakes up right at that scene, right? Right. And she's like, what the hell is he watching? Just just go back to sleep. And I'm like, Jen, stop. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) It's It's erotica, dear. It's erotica. Deal with it. But he was laughing the whole time. And then you cut back to John Cleese and his wife, and they're in separate beds on yeah, different sides of the room. he's like scratching his room. bald spot. And, and she, you Ugh. know, she, I don't know, man. She has this, this nightgown that just goes all the way to the floor, <laughs> and she takes her, you know, I guess, uh, what do you call them? Leggings, her panties, panties off, off. But, like, she's trying to be, you know, like, not show anything while she's doing it. It's right. like you're in the bedroom with your yeah. husband, this is so, so Puritan, uh, like yeah, it's all there for a reason. It's so good, man. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> I won't say it, <laughs> Dan. You're so wrong, bro. This movie's great. I, I, I don't know. It's so funny, bro. Listen, and I had to suspend reality myself for this movie. There were certain things. That I said, you know, when I was watching it, I said, this is stupid. Like, the fact that, you know, Cleese's wife never opened the locket to find the key. Right? That the key stayed but it's inside got the a locket wolf that for entire Wendy. Time. Right. I thought, this whole movie, but then again, you know, the whole movie kind of, you would have no movie if... She opened the locket and there was a key, and she, you know what I mean. So I mean, she could have had her open, open it. it. She would have known what it was for anyway. Right, but you need the key to have a movie. 
Well, and yeah, that's and the I key, like how right? They glossed, that's I like, I like the how key. they glossed over. Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> I like how they glossed over how they got into the safety deposit box to begin with at the airport. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, you know, don't need ID. Don't even have to no. know what box number it is. Just, just point me in the direction. Yeah. I'll I have know. a key. Like, can I find which box <laughs> this is for? Like, they didn't even address that. So, like, there's things about this movie that, yeah, you have to suspend reality. You can't look at it critically. But I didn't care. It's a yeah, funny movie. No, it's not. It's like it, it's like watching Christmas Vacation. It's like, yeah, half the shit makes no sense. You take that back. It's funny though. The oh, shitter was one, full. That's exactly Christmas why that Vacation happened. is one of my favorite movies ever made. Dan, how do you feel about Christmas Vacation? It's one of my favorite like, movies ever made. Love yeah. the hell out okay. of that movie. Good. I we watch on, it probably three now. to five times a, a Christmas season mm. easily. But yeah, no, half that shit that you have to suspend yeah. belief. So it's like, okay, it's just there's certain movies where you just kind of. This is one of them. This is one of them. It's fine. I mean, there was. I mean, you have to do that scenes, with Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, absolutely. Well, every. every Minus mo- the every zombies. Movie like, half the to. shit that happens in that movie. Well, not every movie, but. You know, real life wise, it was outlandish. Dude, they're in the airport, like, shooting a gun in the hallway. They did show how that happened, though. He walked through a metal detector and flipped the gun. I did see that. He flipped this it so fast. TSA. No British man could have possibly seen that gun in the air. Yeah, I mean, uh, the farce of it wasn't the problem I had with this movie. My problem was the pacing, yeah. the production, the timing of a lot of the jokes, the scale of so many jokes being too broad or too short, and then that score. Holy moly. But there were good parts. I laughed at a lot of them. Well, four. I. I disagree with all of your points except for the score. Well, there you go. The was fine. thought the jokes were great. We're going to have to leave this one up to the listeners to decide because I bet a lot of our listeners haven't seen this movie in years. But we'll look look for them to go see it and talk about it on the uh, Facebook group. Get to it. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's up there for me. I love it. It's not My Cousin Vinny where I can watch it 10 times a week. I'm going to watch it again. But it's, it's, it's a... It's a nice quick. It's not quick. It's under under two hours, right? Yeah, it's an hour and forty five. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those movies. Like Dan said, you you could obviously it's a good DVD to have because there's a few scenes you're just gonna skip past. Yeah, but the good ones I'll watch over and over again easily. Dan won't. I got. I'll try it again next yeah, year. Will. I'll let it age, ferment in my memory. And then maybe I'll I'll look past the the flaws and see it only for the uh, the parts that are good. Hmm. Hey, so uh, our next movie, George, are you ready to hear what you're watching in your next round of the continuing Jamie Lee Christmas? It's a movie, a movie. Theoretically, yes, I'm ready. Where's Jamie Lee going okay. after a fish called Vonda? Vonda. All right, so this week we're going to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you who's in it, okay? Other than Jamie Lee Curtis, JLC, friend of the show. Kevin Klein is not in this. Damn! Stop telling him who's in it. Not in it. <laughs> we're gonna watch Dun 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 Road Games from 1981. Do you have any idea what this movie is and/or could be about? No, I've heard the movie mentioned. When? I don't know. Possibly here. Around. I don't know. 
Okay. I had never heard of a fish called Wanda. Okay. So, until, well, two weeks ago, apparently. This movie was a, it's, back then was a very niche. Stop telling him stuff about the movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, I'm excited. Hi, this is Dan in Post. You know, we had to make a slight audible for next week. Uh, Road Games is stepping in in place of a much more mainstream, but much less available to stream movie with JLC in it. If you think about it hard enough, you'll probably be able to figure it out. Wait, ho- hey, I, this is, guys, this is, uh, Dan in Post says, get, get out of here. This is Richard in Post, and I wanted to come on uh, at the guy's request to give, uh, almost a rebuttal to all of Dan's views and tell him exactly how incorrect, how utterly wrong, how absolutely moribund his views were. However, I can't. Because I saw this film for the first time when it came out, so I guess in the UK that would have been 88, 89, and I have seen it on VHS probably twice since, maybe caught a repeat on television, but... I've not watched it for 20 years, and it has not aged well. Wait, what? Watching it under the context of you know, modern standards, I can see largely where he's coming from. But I thought I would add some colour to it, because there are some things that haven't necessarily translated this distance in time, but need to be seen. One of them is the fact that this country was obsessed with John Cleese, as much as we were obsessed, it seems, with Jamie Lee Curtis. So we really badly wanted a Faulty Towers film. We'd had Clockwise. That was not a Faulty Towers film. And it was more of a um, uh, chore to watch than bits of this film certainly were. Uh, you know, and, and this is a, a period where comedy in the cinema consisted of things like you know, Teen Wolf, Dragnet... Uh, Crocodile Dundee at you know, probably the peak end of Hollywood's production. So it was a pretty turgid pool of um, very bland stuff by today's standards. That said, this was one of the first films that sort of had almost like that knowing nod to the audience, uh, had a, a bit of something for the American audience, a bit of something for the UK audience, and... That's what probably got it the the absolute um, reception it got, but it it definitely hasn't stood uh, the, the test of time. That that is why the pacing may seem off, even though actually on a rewatch, I thought it was pretty well put together all round. It's got some amazing little cameos in it, which I don't know whether it would mean anywhere near as much to uh, a US audience as they did to a British audience. So, again, another reason why we loved it particularly. So you've got um, uh, Ken Campbell, who is a crazy Scottish um, sort of proto-improv theatre genius. Uh, highly suggest looking him up. And he also appeared in an episode of Faulty Towers, so you, you had that um, parity there. You had Geoffrey Palmer, who in this country had appeared predominantly in the brilliant TV um, series uh, The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin. Um, and you had uh, Stephen Fry, I think, is in, in this at some point. So you had all the normal Brits in it, but of course you had Cleese and Palin, who hadn't really been seen together in film form since the last Python film previous to this, which would have probably been Meaning of Life. So, yeah, for the Brits... We had a lot going for us in this film. 
the jokes don't hit home as well as they did. There's a lot of stuff that under a, a woke lens we would definitely not allow these days. Um, I, particularly the scene where Michael Palin is dressed as a uh, practitioner of the Rastafarian religion, driving a very dodgy-looking van with the word Sins Amelia written across it. Uh, that wouldn't pass today. Uh, and certainly some of, some of the jokes are just... They are not funny. Uh, but there's such a strong sense of Brits versus Americans in this. It, it really comes out to me watching it that it was almost as if you had an American writer and a British writer trying to outdo each other. Um, and I think for that alone, uh, Dan, you're completely wrong. This film is great and you should love it more. Um I'm totally with, I think it was George who mentioned about the drool from from Jamie Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis when she uh, when she was doing the thing with the rope and he was speaking the, the Russian. That was wrong. I didn't notice that at the time and, and that just left me feeling really uncomfortable. Um, which bizarrely, watching John Cleese prance around uh, almost naked didn't make me feel as uncomfortable now as it did at the time because then he was an old man. Now I kind of look at him and think, well, he's actually pretty trim for a guy of, you know, he's probably about what my age now would be. So um, <laughs> I, I found it really amusing, but I do definitely see issues with it under a modern uh, scrutiny. Um, but I really enjoyed the episode, guys. Uh, you need to get more British comedy into your life. I would suggest that this isn't the best. But as you've rightly pointed out, it has influenced an awful lot of comedy that's followed. So maybe not a film that we look at as a master of its craft in encapsulated, but instead something that influenced greater films to come. Certainly, as you said, the Austin Powers films, etc. So, yep, that's me done. Um, I recorded this about 15 times. There's 15 takes of me going, oh, fuck it. Uh, I decided not to give you all of those, but just in case you want to, oh, fuck it. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. And of course, we're on YouTube and every podcatcher imaginable. So wherever you're getting your show, remember, you've always got options. We'll see you next week with Road Games 1981.